With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Football is many things. Unpredictable. Exciting. Colorful. Passionate. Absorbing. Expensive. Venal. Infuriating. Exasperating. Time-consuming. Depressing. But one thing it most certainly is not is a level playing field. Welcome to the famous sloping pitch. In a week where a 15-year-old played in the Premier League and a 13-year-old played for Glenarvan in the Irish League Cup, providing an assist, incidentally. FIFA welcomed the news and congratulated the club, saying FIFA believes that young people are essential to the future of the game and have long wanted uh, to increase profit by harnessing child labour. They cited <laughs> the World Cup draw and claimed that Jermaine Janus' role, for example, could easily have been done cheaper and better by a small child, and all for the price of a few Panini World Cup stickers. <laughs> yes, that no, was interesting, wasn't it? Uh, Ethan Nwaneri playing for Arsenal. Uh, it's, on the one hand, uh, brilliant that a 15-year-old was the youngest player in Premier League history, which, as we know, is all the history football is now interested in. But yes. um, uh, brilliant also that he came on in the 92nd minute. And, you know, yeah, he, yeah, he's ticked that <laughs> box, but, you know, didn't really have a chance, not like the 13-year-old for Glenarvan, no. to uh, to have an assist or something. Takes over no. from Harvey Elliott, doesn't he, as the, as the youngest? He does. And I just remember it being a great uh, watermark moment when I, re- when I was at a game and realised I was older than that player. And then I was older <laughs> than all the players. And then I was older than the manager. And then yes. I was older than the leader of the Conservative Party, which is quite a long time ago now. Yes. And you yeah. know, these, no, are, I mean, these are all uh, horrible landmarks to pass, I think. But the, the, the only one I have that, and I'm saving up and I, I'm hoping will never happen is uh, I don't think I'll ever be older than you. Hey, now. Uh, well, well I can, a month. if I conk out, you know, you could go along. <laughs> well, yeah. no, I'm going with you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting Some what happens to the players who start very young, isn't it? Didn't James Milner played at 16, didn't he? Yeah. And I don't think he was the youngest at the time. I think he was the youngest to score. Didn't he take the record for being the youngest to score a goal off, uh, off Rooney, I think, maybe? But um, he Is he could. younger than Rooney, James Milner? Yeah. And he could end up being the oldest to score in the Premier League as well, James Milner. That would be a thing. Do you, see, do you know who the oldest is to score in the Premier League? It's only only Premier League history, obviously. Um, I'm going to go for... I was thinking Teddy Sheringham. It is Teddy Sheringham, yeah, and he's oh, for, uh, at 40. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, but Milner's already close to the top 10. Uh, at yeah. 36, and do you know who he's trying? To, who, who he who he would have to take over from to get into the top ten? Who's number ten in the oldest goal scoring list? It's Peter Schmeichel. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. He scored That's for Villa when he was 37. When uh, w- once when I was at the Stoke training, and I was fortunate enough to go there for a, for a meeting about something, and I was talking to them, and they and they explained that they they have any number of change rooms, but they have an extra first team change room because anybody who's under 18 can't get changed in the same room as the senior players. Ah, 
Exactly. Oh. Yeah. So, in fact, there were, you know, there's a certain amount of of, of, of faffery that has to go on. Yeah. In for, Even if they're doing the same him. job professionally. Yeah. 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 That yeah. is it's a protection thing. Yeah. yeah. And talking about doing a job professionally or unprofessionally, I was interested to see that George Lazenby got kicked off a tour uh, showcasing the music of Bond for offensive, homophobic, and mis- misogynist comments, and he protested, but. Hadn't- haven't you ever seen Bond? <laughs> yes, exactly. I was just quoting the script. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it wasn't... The great thing about this story was it's in Australia, so they're obviously a lot more in your face uh, there. And it wasn't just like some discreet complaints afterwards or letters to the local paper or anything. People stood up during his anecdotes and shouted out, this is offensive, while he was talking. <laughs> Which is, and, you know, it's fantastic. And George Lazenby commented afterwards, uh, this never happened to the other fella. <laughs> which, which is good. Which is good. I yeah. saw Celtic um, just fail to make a whole year unbeaten in the SPL with a 2 0 yeah. defeat by St. Mirren coming 364 days after their previous yeah. failure. And okay. as if to prove that if we fail to learn from history, we're condemned to repeat its mistakes, uh, they played in a grey change strip like Fergie's United did all those years ago when they lost at Southampton, even after changing their kit at half-time. Who who thinks grey looks good? Mad Men, that's who. Um, from the series Mad Men. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, and, and, and the other thing is, like you say, they, they need to learn. I mean, it's long ago they stopped wearing top hats, isn't it, to play? Yeah. And yeah. they should have learned the same thing about grey kits, that, that clearly this wasn't going to work. Incidentally, they were 364 days unbeaten, weren't they? Yes. But was... Or is this year a leap year? Uh, <laughs> I'm hoping that they can be two days short. <laughs> yeah, no, I think 20, 2020 was a leap year. So, well, I think we could phone. Leap, we yeah. could phone our friend Gordon Kennedy, who was born on the 29th. Um, no, so February, married on the 29th of February. And born, I think. Was he and born? Oh, okay, cool. I, I, I was yes, I was. Uh, I maybe married. Yeah, I was with Gordon. To, you know, it's your it's your you know, third wedding anniversary. Yeah, yes, been married yes, for twelve yes, years, kind absolutely. of thing. But anyway, um, you know, I'm always a fan of of new terminology creeping into the game. Like you know, during the women's Euros, when uh, Emma Hayes kept going on about playing a low block as like the opposite of a high press and the the idea that there's high up one end of the field and low down the other which i'd not heard okay. before and you're starting to hear that more and more now aren't you but this week gary o'neill the caretaker boss of bournemouth said that he wasn't going to rush david brooks back into action as he's been off grass for a while and i hadn't heard that oh i'd heard that said before <laughs> and you know I don't, I don't know much about about this sort of thing but if he's off grass he should be raring to go, shouldn't he? I mean, rather than stuck on his sofa eating kebabs and watching Rick and Morty, you know, he should be he, he should be fit as a fiddle, shouldn't he? Yeah, well, that, that's a horrible phrase. I'm, I'm off really grass, you know. I've heard that yeah, a couple yeah. of times this week, actually. Uh, uh, Gary O'Neill did it first, and then um, uh, yeah, anyway, and 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 I heard a new boss say he couldn't wait to get on grass. So oh, maybe yeah. he's he's worried about the stress of his new position. Is this, so anyway. is this a common consciousness thing? That, I don't that know. I think football. Said, football someone likely. says a thing, and then it becomes football language. You know. I yes. think I'm always always interested when that when that happens. Anyway, yes. we move on to I, um, uh, David Beckham. Got a lot of kudos, didn't he, for queuing up with the hoi polloi to see the new Queen in a Box attraction at Westminster Hall, Uh, because he could easily have used his status as ambassador for Qatar to jump to the front of the line, apparently. You'd have thought so, and and get an invite. I mean, I thought it was was a fantastic thing uh, that he did, because you can't help feeling it was an act of of raw cynicism. (laughs) to tell him the honest <laughs> truth. You know, here's a man who is spitting feathers about not getting a knighthood. And he's obviously seen, seen, that, seen that Colonel Tom bloke and he saw, I could do something like that. Uh, yeah, I could cure, cure for 12 with, hours. <laughs> with, yeah, with normal people and, and pretend I want to. But who knows, you know, it may well be uh, completely incorrect. I also noticed since we were last time, there was that great sending off, did you see? Um, the sending off um, of Connor uh, Maseko, the goalkeeper for Blackfield and Langley. He was sent off in the FA Cup First qualifying game, uh, round game against Shepton Mallet FC, and it finished nil-nil. In the 76th minute, he ran to retrieve the ball from a large hedge and took his time. The referee went to hurry him up, <laughs> discovered Connor having a wee, and promptly sent him off. No VAR, of course. So uh, you would know that this definitely happened. Well, but, uh, you know, if having a piss in a hedge is ungentlemanly conduct, then I, good listeners, am no gentleman. But <laughs> I'm sure a lot of you have heard that story. But I've got to say, the main reason I wanted to tell it 
was because I read it on some uh, some Twitter thing on BBC Sport or something, and uh, I, I wanted to tell the story because the name of the she- the Shepton um, Twitter page is. A town called Mallet. That's very good. Loving that. Yeah. It would be funny if they'd called it a town called Shepton and then just let you fill in the rest with your. Yes, 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 yes. But anyway, no, having a piss in. It's it's like if you can get sent off for that, I'm going to have to give up football fairly soon, I think. Well, I tell you. (laughs) I'm certainly going to have to give up cricket, I tell you. All those under nine teams, you know, where you can see this standard, a great big long row. Yeah, yeah. Having a wee in, in the hedge. Because once one under nine player needs to go for a wee, they all do. We they know was. that. That's, yeah. that's a fact. Yeah. So, yes. So in other, in other football non-urine related news, um, <laughs> it's, it's interesting. Uh, the, uh, the new boss of Brighton is, it sounds like an interesting fellow. He's called um, Roberto De Zerbi. Had some success with Shakhtar Donetsk under unbelievably trying circumstances in yeah. Yes. This year, but also in because uh, they haven't been able to play in Donetsk since 2014, have they? Since the, the proximity of of uh, uh, Russian aggression and uh, the, that that whole region being contested for a long while. Yeah, the Donbass um, region. The Donbass region. That's right. Yes. Um, he's a disciple of Pep Guardiola, and it looks like they're going to take over the Premier League bit by bit, aren't they? I mean, De Zerbi asked Guardiola's advice before taking the job. Spent time with him at Bayern as an observer when he was starting out on his coaching career. And he joins Arteta, uh, Vieira, uh, Ten Hag, coached Bayern Reserves when Pep Guardiola was manager there, Vincent Kompany, um, and then there's Graham Potter and Thomas Frank, who, are, who, who both claim to have studied Guardiola's methods very closely. And there are ex-players of, of his starting out in management on the continent as well. So we, it's like we can all look forward to a golden future of metronomic ball possession, passing the ball yeah. across the field left to right until it breaks to Haaland and he puts it in. I mean, do you think these acolytes will change their view now that Guardiola has brought in Haaland and we'll start to see a revival of the big nine? you know, rather than the false ones. I I don't think there can be any doubt. (laughs) If anything, uh, it's very quick to adopt anything from anybody more successful. I like the idea of there being a lot of um, Guardiola disciples. I just want to know which one's going to turn out to be Judas. That's (laughs) the really interesting part of that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think they're all susceptible to to doing anything for pieces of silver, aren't they? That's that's, that's, that's that's Doubting... Doubting Thomas Frank, etc., etc., etc. We can work on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, work, we'll work that up into something. It's some last yeah, supper painting thing with <laughs> yeah. a with a yeah. funny caption, funny speech bubble coming out of someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I saw that the um, the uh, just to change gear for a moment. The FA have finally released a statement condemning the human rights uh, situation in Qatar. Less than two months before the start of the World Cup, you know, better late than never, I suppose. Um, do you see that Amnesty International said that the FA's intervention could be significant? <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot of uh, disdain in that. Could be, I think. Don't you? Yeah. Could be doesn't sound especially optimistic. I mean, the Qataris have made moves, haven't they? Um, they've got rid of this thing, kafala, which is a system which basically enslaved migrant workers, and they've replaced it with like a guaranteed minimum pay and guaranteed breaks. So you know yeah. what more do you want? <laughs> well, they've done they've done quite a few changes, but only for the duration of the World Cup. Yeah, which yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're no longer going to throw people um, into a rotting prison for holding hands in public, for instance, yeah. until, until the World Cup ends. Until December, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which seems to me to be uh, you know a very very tiny victory <laughs> um, yeah. for the so-called FA um, uh, morality police. Well, yeah, I mean the FA haven't really been involved. They've they've joined. Uh, I suppose a movement with charities like Amnesty calling for compensation for injury and bereavement, not to mention actual theft of wages and debt from illegal recruitment fees. And it's been suggested that FIFA should set aside some of the vast profits they're making for this fund, and they say they're considering it. <laughs> and I reckon they'll still be considering it when the next one kicks off in Mexico City in 26, hopefully in the summer, but who knows? Yeah. But 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 the, now I wanted to ask you this because you know you actually read about these things. I just listen to <laughs> yeah. other people. Um, 
But Harry Kane's wearing his own special armband, isn't he? Yes, he's wearing a, a, it's a, a one love thing with a with a yeah. like a provocatively rainbow esque design on it, um, yeah. I, which I believe comes from uh, the Netherlands. I believe it's a, a, the Dutch okay. have started it, and I think he's one of eight so far captains who say okay. um, that he'll be wearing it. But you know, I, I, even saying that um, is tempting fate on the metatarsal front. I think. Well, absolutely still. right. But it, it strikes me as being <laughs> the equivalent of having a, you know, a cub badge for tolerance. He <laughs> 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 says, again, a tiny, tiny, <laughs> tiny thing. Yeah. yeah. And it yeah. was, um, uh, it was uh, disappointing to read uh, just today that the new government of Liz Truss is going to have an impact on football uh, by the look of things. Um, do you see, well, do you see, by the way, the clip of her and her husband arriving at the funeral? And the uh, of the Queen and the Australian television competition, oh, yes. not knowing who she was. <laughs> yes. uh, I think she might be a minor royal of some kind, <laughs> or maybe she was on Neighbours. I'm not sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you've got to feel somebody's betting to say that. It's a, <laughs> it's such a fantastically sort of um, <laughs> yeah. chippy and Republican thing <laughs> to <is>. say. <laughs> it is. And I said the Neighbours thing, he didn't say that. But anyway, anyway no, no. if there's one thing Liz Truss um, hates with a passion, apart from not being recognised, um, it's regulation and passing any kind of legislation at all, restrictive legislation at all. So it looks like bad news for our old but sadly imaginary friend, the independent regulator which we've been looking forward to for a little while since that review, haven't we? Well, uh, I mean, I just, it all, it's all going very quiet on the independent regulator um, um, uh, uh, front when Gary Neville firmly put his, <laughs> his support behind <laughs> it. <laughs> I noticed. But, I mean, clearly, we know, we've said this a billion times, um, well, quite a few times, you know, this is exactly what is needed. This yeah, is I think it only 100%. feels like a billion. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, what it's going to yeah. do, uh, you know, if they, if they just... Uh, discreetly shoved to one side the idea of an independent regulator. It's going to give the Premier League a free hand to design what it's called, what it's uh, calling its new deal for football, uh, design it just the way it wants to, which is by throwing crumbs and the occasional bone to the rest of the pyramid and letting market forces do the rest. You know, yeah. I, I hate to say I'm, I'm, I miss Boris, you know. <laughs> if it's going to be like this, well, and, and this will be music, of course, to the ears of um, of Todd Bowley, will it not? Oh well, um, yeah. And he was yeah. in the news, wasn't he? Last time we did one of these, having given Thomas Tuchel the boot and appointing Graham Potter as his new whipping boy, I mean, suggesting. Yeah, and suggesting playing twelve would make the team more effective than playing eleven. <laughs> oh, his four, his four, four. Three. Four, yeah. four, three. Yes. Four, four, three. That's right. Well, he yeah. clearly likes being the centre of attention, doesn't he, Mr. Bowley? Unlike his reclusive predecessor, because he went on, didn't he, to reveal what he thought English football should do, basically offering to be the guiding hand English football has been waiting for, if not uh, an independent regulator. Um, he said he hopes that the English Premier League uh, takes a little bit of a lesson from American sports. And I can feel my hackles rising just from that. But then he went on. Yes. <laughs> I can feel, you know, our listenership bristling and muttering darkly about playing in helmets and shoulder pads. But still, yes. what does he have in mind? And the headline grabber, um, there were several things he has in mind, but the, the top yeah. um, one was the idea of an all-star game like they do in America when the NBA's Eastern Conference plays the Western Conference. And the teams apparently selected by fan voting, God help us all, um, with some player and media input. I imagine quite a lot of the player input runs along the lines of, I'm injured, mate. But Bowley correctly divines, uh, politically at least, that there is a north-south divide in the country, and particularly in football, where I suppose you'd say the obvious powerhouses are are London and the northwest. But why? <laughs> what would be the point of cramming this into an already crowded schedule? See, what American sports don't have it seems to me, is a layer above the top echelon to aspire to, which for football and for cricket and for rugby is the international game, is playing in the World Cup. Americans yeah. just call their tournaments the World Series, even though they only have American teams in them. So an all-star game is a kind of recognition that is not otherwise available. And, of course, Bowley owns a baseball team and a basketball team, so he's involved in this system in the US. He points out that the MLB uh, All-Star game raised $200 million this year, and he suggests mm. that this could be a way to funnel more money into the pyramid, which is a crowd-pleasing idea in a way. Um, and one can't help thinking it would turn into a way of Premier League clubs slyly reducing their responsibility in this area. Well, look, we're doing the All-Star game. That'll take care of it. You don't have to do anything now. We don't have to do any more... Um, 
you know, trickle down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's an idea slightly worse, I'd have to say, than Soccer Aid, and Soccer Aid is a terrible thing. <laughs> um, but well, but I also, it makes me think, because... They very proudly say, you know, but he's 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 got he's got a lot of experience. He's got a an NFL team and 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 has he got a baseball team or a basketball? He's team? He's got a, a both a baseball and a basketball but, and a basketball team and yeah. an NFL team. I'm not sure about that. I know he's got a baseball and a basketball. Okay, well, it says to me that here's a man that doesn't know what sport he likes best. Then, you know, rather than no. you know, and clearly football, he knows soccer, whatever you want to call it. He knows yeah. he knows very little about. I decided to try and be as fair as I could on him because you, clearly you get these little you know sound bites and you think, oh, yeah. And so I've read the 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 uh, the interview in full, and. Yes, it's just as frightening as it seemed from the soundbites, I have to say. Um, well, it's, it's, it's tremendously sort of arrogant, isn't it, to come in and say, I can yeah. fix this. Uh, this is, this is all, all you need is me to fix this, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's like coming yeah. around, going to, going to a party, uh, a housewarming party, and saying, you know what, you could knock all this through, you could have a much bigger room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's so many parts of that idea that uh, I don't really recognise. Being invited to somebody's housewarming party, one, oh, okay. that's Fair one enough. of them. Having yeah. any suggestions for building work, yeah. Yeah. two. But, you know, I'm going to have to point. work on my, my references. I mean, it's, can you, you, but I can't say this isn't going to take off, is it? I mean, it could, uh, theoretically, it could become as much of a fixture in the calendar as, as the Watney's Cup. Or, or that yep. three versus six game that we keep mentioning when uh, when we join the common market, yeah, yeah Colin Steen's uh, finest out. Um, maybe yeah. we could have a home nations versus the EU all star game to celebrate us getting out of there, or perhaps the moment's passed. Do you think? Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and there were a number of um, England versus the rest of the world games, weren't there in the in the early sixties? Well, two, I think. Um, yeah. So you know, and, um, and I, I, I think that the, part of the trouble is. Um, First of all, it, 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 obviously, the, the, all of their sports and our sports are quite different. There's tons of things that are different. There's things like relegation uh, and promotion. We don't have a college system, which means that... Well, this is his other about- idea, isn't it? The, the, the other thing that, that set my teeth on edge was him his idea to have relegation playoffs. And, his, and he said, why don't we do a tournament with the bottom four sports teams? Uh, leaving aside for a moment that calling them sports teams is blinking odd. I mean, perhaps yeah. he was concentrating so hard on not saying soccer, then that's just what came out. But yeah. relegation is is an undiscovered country, isn't it, for American sport? Their whole system is different. The major sports yeah. all have college sports that feed into them. So there's an annual crop of uh, new talent graduating and ready to go into the professional games. And the team at the bottom of whatever conference they they have enough leagues so that they're all parallel, don't they? They don't. They don't there's nothing below. Um, so the team at the bottom never gets relegated, and what they do is they get the first pick from the draft, don't yeah. they? That's what happens. And what this leads to, by the way, is a certain amount of demotivation at the bottom end towards the, the second half of the season. You know, Teams are regularly accused of deliberately tanking to improve their draft pick for next season because they know yeah. they're not going down. So anyway, he suggested a four-way playoff for relegation, you know. Which which has happened before? Well, we've tried this in some or something similar. We've tried a version. We've got them involved in one. Well, yeah. In the the first time there were playoffs, uh, you know, for promotion from what was then Division Two into Division One. So before the Premier League, so before history began. But uh, in eighty six, eighty seven, Oldham finished third and were the first team to finish third and not go up because of these playoffs. And the playoffs were uh, the three, three, uh, third, fourth, and fifth in Division 2, against uh, the, to- the the top of the relegation bunch. And um, we lost to Leeds, and then Leeds lost to Charlton, who were Charlton, the team yeah. who were the team not uh, not relegated as a result. So we have had, we've had a relegation play. I mean, they do it in Scotland as well, don't they? I mean, you see, all the divisions in Scotland have a have a playoff where, um, <clears throat> you see, you know, we were following our growth, weren't we, last year? Yeah. With their, their interesting um, attempt to get into the Premier League. And they missed out on on penalties to Inverness, who'd already mm-hmm. beaten Partick in, in like a quarterfinal. So third against fourth, and then they played second, and then they play, Inverness played St. Johnston, uh, who, who were uh, due to be relegated, uh, just the year after winning both the Cups <laughs> and playing in Europe. But St. Johnston beat them, I think, 6-2, six, six I think, on aggregate. Mm-hmm. But, you know, do you think, uh, would it make a much, of a much of a difference to do this? I mean, do you think the teams that currently set themselves to finish 17th at all costs would just go for 16th? Or would there be a, a grim uh, I, resignation I, I, towards the end of the season? You know, I, I, th- I think 
I think there's something to be said for it, and I quite like it. I think the fact that he's talking about it is just his way of saying that he understands what relegation is to a certain extent <laughs> and that he doesn't want a European Super League, which clearly he does. Well, and, I and the door is open. He doesn't sound like a that. man who would say no to a Super League with no relegation no, ab- if absolutely. that would raise and, its and, own. And head I, again. I, I've just been jotting down the thing. I mean, you have to remember, it's all very well saying these things won't happen, but, you know, I'm old enough to remember a time when there weren't supermarkets. So, you know, we do sometimes, <laughs> we do sometimes have American influences come over here. I was writing down some of the, it's great that you should have said been off the grass because that's a very American type of a phrase. It sounds like it doesn't have thing. off grass. Yeah, you worry about those, yeah. you worry about words like franchise and monetize. Uh, I saw one the other day, up to the 18 box. Up to the 18 box? Uh, that means penalty area. Area, apparently, ah. shut out, rookie, sports, as you say, roster, offense. Yeah. These are words we don't want in our language. Oh, well, Surely. we've spoken, haven't we, about the, about the guy that we heard after the Iran USA <laughs> game saying that, that yeah. USA, he couldn't believe USA had one because they'd had four pole shots. Pole shots. Yeah, what the yeah. hell are those? They, you know, shots that <laughs> hit the pole. You know. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 of, and of course, the famous New York Cosmos bloke after they signed Beckenbauer at uh, halftime going into the dressing room and saying, Tell the crowd to get his ass up front. We don't pay a million for some guy to hang around in defense, which is very, very. <laughs> but I was looking at some other American sports very quickly. And when, there are things that I quite like. You know, I mean, rodeo, that's a sport, isn't it, in America? Rodeo. I suppose, I think, I suppose yeah. so. And, and they have clowns that come on. Now, that would be great in football. Instead yeah. of physiotherapists, have clowns. Right, and if they're injured, you do get a, bo- a, a bucket of water thrown over you. But if they're not, it's just full of confetti, you know, like they do in the circus. <laughs> Heaven knows, Chris. You know, th- I, it, we we have a game that needs more breaks like that. You know, <laughs> we need more an independent regulator. That's what we need to keep the clowns <laughs> out of football. <laughs> keep, yes, what's this bowly clown idea? Where's that come from? All of a sudden, he's clearly, and, and also, insane. He's clearly insane. <laughs> just yes, quickly indeed. before we before we take a little break, yeah. the, his other idea which is uh, if if possible even more um unsettling and seditious is that chelsea should own uh, multiple clubs uh to give their oh, yes, star yes, yes. players a run out this is what this mm. is his this is his thinking and what he's talking about i mean there are obviously um uh, multiple ownerships across other leagues you know like the city group own 10 clubs i think don't they in uh, in spain and belgium and italy and in america and australia um and uh, and there's links obviously between the ownerships of rb leipzig rb salzburg and they they poach players one way and the other but what he's talking about is owning owning clubs in the lower divisions in this country yeah and that that if that once that starts that's 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 the end of something important i think Oh, I think I think you're, you're absolutely right, and there's so many other things we, we could talk talk about on this, and so we'll do it another time instead we'll do of doing it, it now, and yeah, then yeah, again yeah. another time. And anyway, um, the time clown has just come in and told me that we need to take <laughs> a break, uh, and I, for one, I'm going to go to a Chelsea versus Millwall tailgate party outside of the Den. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
So welcome back. And I think we should start, um, well, really, we should have started at the very beginning because it's a big story. It always is. And it's in its Oldham Athletic. It's a big story in a week when there haven't really been many other stories. But yeah. as we prepare to gaze with childlike wonder on the multicoloured whirly gig of the managerial merry-go-round, wondering if, it hasn't happened yet, Brendan Rogers or Steve Cooper will be the next one flung face first onto the tarmac. Let us first quicken our step and hurry past the rain-sodden, graffiti-covered rust bucket of an abandoned council playground that is the National League, where there has been some movement in the managerial market and at my team, Old Mathletic. Um, since we last spoke about them, uh, I've been to my first Vanarama-sponsored fixture away at Woking with two of my sons and our friend John, who is one of our listeners as it happens. So hi, John, and thanks for driving. And for mentioning that the ground is within pointing distance of the Woking Pizza Express that was famously Prince Andrew's alibi. Apparently, he doesn't sweat not even when he's enjoying a hot American. As we walked in, it was raining, so one whole side of the ground was empty as people scuttled for cover, and Woking were in red and white halves, while Oldham were in green with blue sleeves. It could only have looked more non-league if Ronnie Radford was playing. Woking dominated the game, looked far better than us. We had occasional spells of decent possession, and Mike Fondop Tallum hit the bar early on, always a signifier that it's not going to be our day. And sure enough, we ended up letting in three goals. Pretty easy goals, actually, as our defence kind of just stood and watched them happen. And our late consolation goal was given offside. And bizarrely, as we traipsed out into the rain, we could see the Woking players and fans were celebrating as though they'd won the cup. I mean, it, it didn't feel like we were the overdogs. It was frankly dismal stuff. And sure enough, the next day, the sixth coming of the Lord, John Sheridan, which had begun with such high hopes of another Sheserection at Boundary Park, ended in Shesignation. And such is Sheridan's popularity after his 415 games for the club as player and manager that news of his latest departure was greeted with calls for a statue to be erected, or Shez erected, um, at the ground. And the new owner, Wallace and Gromit character Frank Flatcap Rothwell, announced that Shez would be in charge for another game so that he could get a proper send-off from the home fans. I'm not sure I've heard of that happening. Have you heard of that happening? Apparently Michael Flynn was in charge of, of one more game after being relieved of duties at Newport and they beat Scunthorpe 3 but usually, though, the relationship has broken down irretrievably, hasn't it? Yeah, and that's why I think that they should be given one more game. So if you hate them, you can really have you a proper really, good go. Yeah, unleash. Yeah, exactly. You, you got sacked yesterday morning, for instance, could be something, <laughs> etc. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I mean, usually the academy guy gets to be the interim manager or something, doesn't he? But, uh, so anyway, on Saturday, we played Eastleigh in Sheridan's grand finale. Went to goal up early on. 2-1 down by half-time. Equalised just past the hour and won it with a minute to go. So, you know, quite a, quite a, a celebration for uh, John Sheridan. It showed both sides, <laughs> the losing at half-time, winning last minute, the, the, the things that we remember from John Sheridan's stewardship. And anyway, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago um, that we were becoming a team of kids of famous former footballers. And on Saturday, the winner was scored by Charlie Wellens son of yep. Richie, who, as it happens, was a member of Sheridan's first Oldham squad. And we gave a debut to James Carragher, son of James Carragher off of Sky, who tweeted, get in after the game, which is something I guess I'm going to have to learn to come to terms with. He's an Oldham fan now, apparently, Jamie Carragher. Yeah. <clears throat> and now, ironically, or is this ironical or is it just a coincidence? No, I think it is ironical. Eastley's two goals was scored by Danny Whitehall, whose dad, Steve Whitehall, used to play for us. Anyway, speaking of having kids of former players in the team, did you see that Wayne Rooney this week admitted deliberately booting Alex Bruce because of his dad, Steve, trying to make a name yes. for himself as a young player? How, how, what's the thinking behind that? I don't know. I mean, I think if you've not got many ways to express yourself, uh, your feet are the only real way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> what, did, what was it he wanted? I'm, I'm presuming he was, he was, a, was he at Everton at the time and, and trying to catch the eye of the Manchester United captain? Or was he at Manchester United and trying to suggest that he should be taken more seriously? I can't, I'm not quite sure of the no, timing must of have been it. must have been at Everton, must have yeah. been. I mean, you know, I think we've all wanted to boot something because of Steve Bruce at one time or another. Steve Bruce himself, yeah. you know, but anyway. At Oldham, the new manager was announced on Tuesday morning, first thing, although there were pictures of him at the ground at the weekend on Twitter. It was as though they didn't want the news to get out until the Queen was in the ground in case the shock woke her up. Anyway, it's David Unsworth 
the Everton and West Ham stalwart. Sorry, the, sorry. When you said until the queen, queen was in the ground, I yeah. did briefly think in that possibly Park. she was atten <laughs> attending a game at Boundary Park. <laughs> I thought, Chris, you know, these, these, these flights are fancy that you well, have. <laughs> it's a shame that the moment has passed, hasn't it, for that now? Oh, no. Never mind. So, yeah, so we've got David Unsworth now in charge. He played for Joe Royal in the 90s when Everton won the Cup in 95, and he and Royal were in caretaker charge of Everton together when Roberto Ma Martinez left in 2016. Um, Joe is now a director and advisor to the new regime at Oldham. So this is either, two ways of looking at it, it's either jobs for the boys or it's an exciting opportunity for the man who's had considerable success running the Everton Academy for the last decade. I mean, we shall see, I guess. Um, what yeah. seems certain is that this move has been in the works for quite a while, and maybe that's seeped through to the players and made life more difficult for Sheridan these past few weeks. Because when they, they took over, Sheridan had already agreed to stay with the previous regime. And so when a new regime comes in, I mean, look at Todd Bowley. They want their own guy, don't they? They want their own guy. They don't want to hang on to the, to, to the uh, leftovers of the previous uh, regime. But anyway, in his first interview, Unsworth spoke well. He seems really enthusiastic. Um, he did say this, every detail, every stone unturned, you know, which can happen to anyone, <laughs> can't it? When they've heard a piece of English idiom but haven't really thought about what it means. It's a mute point is one of my favourites. People say something's a mute point, but yes. then they won't shut up about it. <laughs> now, Unsworth has made his reputation working with kids, and I guess we shall see now how he gets on with kids of famous fathers, and in one case, grandfathers. I mean, if we see one of the famous dads volunteering to run the line on a Saturday, I guess we'll know he's doing okay. <laughs> yeah. I've got to say that, that, that this now brings me to mind, because obviously my team, Stoke City, also have any number of um, you know the, the children, or, or indeed grandchildren, yes. of, of professionals. Now, you remember there used to be that, probably still is, knocking about somewhere, the, the old quiz question of teams um, with unique... Um, surnames, for want of a better word, second names. So okay. Argyle, Hotspur, et cetera, et cetera, yes. et cetera. Well, it seems to me that now that either Stoke or Oldham could bring in a new one, which is and Sons. <laughs> I think Oldham and Sons or Stoke and Sons could be a great new name. Not that I'm obviously, you know, happy with changing names. I'll leave that to Todd Bowley. Well, Chelsea and Sons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, it is interesting. It is interesting. I wonder, it seems to be happening a lot more now than it used to do. Um, but I think in the in the old days, I think there was much more. Okay, when the, when footballs weren't paid so much, and when it was a short life with you know with drawbacks, you know, once you were in your thirties, um, I think maybe professional footballers used not to be quite so encouraging. For like you know, like actors say, "Oh, I wouldn't want my my children yeah, yeah. to go into the business." You know, maybe old mm. footballers were were a lot more discouraging for their yes. for their children. Don't don't, don't put your son on the pitch, Frank Worthington. Frank. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're probably right. They probably say, "God, you don't want, don't live like that." And the mothers are probably definitely yeah, yeah, separate. exactly. Look, at, look yeah. at your dad now, sat around the yeah. house with shot yeah. knees, working on the bins, yeah. you know, and a drink problem. Yeah. yeah, or running it, running a pub and drinking his profits. You know that. Yeah, yeah. You know, yes. and maybe maybe it didn't seem so appealing. And to and nowadays it's it's the dream, isn't it? It's the dream. It's yeah. you know, everything is fantasy football now. But anyway, uh, unlike fantasy football, of course, the, the, the uh, Nations League is much uh, reviled <laughs> and uh, returns tomorrow, as we're talking, today most likely, as you're listening. England still have two outstanding games in their group before being ignominiously relegated into the second tier. I don't know what Todd Bowley's going to make of that. No. <laughs> the prospect of being in the B division. While Scotland, who won last night, didn't they, looked like they might go up into the A League, which shows, kind of shows what sort of a Mickey Mouse tournament this is. Anyway. Yeah, it's just uh, overthought. I was going to say ill thought out. No, overthought, I have yeah. to say. And just, just, no, no, is there any appetite for it, you know? Is, is, has, has any country ever said, we're going to concentrate on the Nations League? We're going to get, well, <laughs> Italy. <laughs> <laughs> because it's a league, you know what I mean? You yeah. forget the Cups, your World Cups. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Italy, yes, I, I, I take your point. Yeah, well, you know, we're we're struggling, uh, obviously, but after a disastrous 4-0 home defeat, which I think is the worst in our international history, I think, to the mighty Magyars, who were our nemesis, you know, historically in the 50s. I, I, I mean, growing up, remember the mighty Magyars being being legendarily yeah, well, um, potent. 
Well, they won 6-2 at Wembley. 6-3 at Wembley and 7-1. And 7-1 seven, seven, away. 7-1 yeah, yeah. away, yes. Yeah. At, at yeah. a time when uh, England just didn't lose to anyone and were being particularly snooty about the World Cup. Uh, because, yeah. you know, we were the best and whatever the other countries wanted to do, you know, if they wanted to have yes. the little tournament, then fine. You know, yeah. uh, anyway, we lost, we've lost, haven't we, home and away to Hungary and have drawn with Germany and Italy, who we now have to play again this weekend. And the Italy game that we drew was was the one that was technically behind closed doors when it actually had 2,000 school kids in. Oh, and yeah. um, Italy, you know, not the World Cup, as we say, There'll be a. There should be, you know, a stiff sort of test, shouldn't they? Especially in midfield, they always seem to have have a uh, have control of midfield when they play us, don't they? I mean, you know, going back to Pirlo, going back to and beyond that, you know, it seems to be their their area of special. Well, it, no, but it, it used to be, of course, uh, the, the defence, didn't it? I mean, yeah, traditionally, yeah, yeah. it was your Fashetis and your Mazzolas and your, you know. Um, um, and and uh, and any number of abrasis and and, yes. and, and Maldinis. Maldinis. Yeah. yeah yeah um but any but the, the the whole thing that of course this is this is this is a foreshadowing uh, of the World Cup for England. This is a, uh, where, you know, what's the state of the nation's team just at this particular moment? Yeah. And and has, has brought about quite a lot of renting of garments and and, and worry because clearly um, there's so many England players either out of form um, or, or, or injured um, or or. Or certainly out of sorts is is the other thing, yeah. Um, and people people are getting getting um, quite cross. I mean, I'm surprised anybody even notices when an England squad is picked um, yes. uh, these days. They'll, 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 for me, there's always at least two players that I hadn't realised were playing for anybody anyway, uh, <laughs> or existed, uh, and then there'll be pe- people left out. Now, I was much taken, I have to say, by the fact that you and I, Chris, were both snubbed by Gareth Southgate uh, on this particular selection process. Now, this is a word yeah, that now... You were, you were snubbed not... further than I was. I've got, I've at least got my name on the outside of the bus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is that, yeah. Yeah, but this, this whole idea that not being picked equates to being snubbed. Snubbed. I mean, snubbed is, is, is something personal. It's like being jilted at, yes. the, at the altar, isn't it? You know, whereas Southgate's job is to pick a squad and somebody who isn't in it isn't necessarily... Snubbed. I mean, they may well be Brazilian, for instance, and therefore <laughs> not available for selection. Well, but snub ben those White, Brazilians, it, though, surely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But Ben White, uh, this this is the 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 perceived um, theory is, is that he's been snubbed by yeah. England, and I just think I find that well, one quite annoying and two ridiculous. Well, I think I, I then insofar as anyone has been snubbed. You know, that's it's an interesting, interesting to that's such a sort of uh, newspaper word, isn't it? Like being dubbed yeah. at something, you yeah. know, being snubbed. I mean, Ben White, it seems to me, was they were reaching a little to call him a, to call that a snub because he was like a fringe player. I mean, so Arsenal have started well, and he's and he looks okay. I mean, he's he's. Uh, I mean, I think the the problem that Southgate is is going to have most is with the defence. The longer he keeps picking Maguire, because Maguire is not get it, not making the team at United anymore, and and there are other players who are playing well in his position, uh, and people can see that. And Ben White is one. And another, but he's not, though, is he? Because he's playing fullback. Yeah, but he's but he's a he's a utility defender who could I be know, playing but in that. Do, do you take my point. The point. Yeah, the point yeah, yeah. Is- <laughs> no, I, mean, I, I don't. I don't think. I, I, yeah, I wasn't surprised that Ben White wasn't in the squad, yeah. um, at all. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think my, my- I think it just shows what the. I mean, in terms of snubbing, you know, yeah. it would be a snub if he'd left Maguire out. You know, and it would be a you, you yes. could you could almost you know you could almost call it a technical sl- uh, snub. Um, uh, you know, the, the, there are um, voices uh, raised in support of uh, Rashford and Sancho because people are always looking for United players to be snubbed. Rashford and Sancho have, have started the season uh, after the first couple of games. They've started the season well and have scored a couple of... Sancho scored a really good goal, didn't he, just a couple of weeks ago? Rashford yeah. looks like he's getting back to his... I mean, and maybe they just, if they show a little bit more, by the time the World Cup comes around, there'll be an option. I think one of the things that is 
that is uh, slightly uh, worrying about Southgate's squad is that they had, as we just as we said earlier, the last time they went they played they lost four 0 at home to Hungary, and you look at that squad, and the only player who could, who is carrying the can for that uh, in terms of being left out is Conor Gallagher, who was basically playing his second or third fourth time. And is is not really is struggling a little bit at Chelsea, and I think has gone back to the under twenty ones. Um, and so he he shows a lot of loyalty to to players who've done it for him, but he also shows a lot of loyalty to players who've been fucked over by Hungary at Molyneux, you know. And I think that's slightly worrying. And where that leads to is the thought that, I mean, you know, who else is left swimming in the shallow talent pool? You know, and if we're complaining about Ben White, who's an estimable player, and yeah. Rashford and Sancho, who else is there? I mean, there was there were some people who thought that Harvey Elliott might get a go. He's very young still. He's playing well. You know, mm-hmm. I think I think for myself, I was pleased to see uh, Eric Dyer come back in because Dyer has been. Uh, I was saying this last season, in the second half of last season, and the start of this, Dyer has been like the eye-catchingly dominant centre-half uh, yeah. uh, in the Premier League, I think. And so I'm glad to see that, you know, his, he's, he's been de-snubbed, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but the point is he's playing at centre-back and yes. so therefore has been picked in the centre-back role. Whereas yes. Ben White, for instance, well, if, if Arsenal were really keen for him to get picked for him, then maybe play him, play him as centre-back. Dyer, centre I have to say, it's it's good because he has a very good footballing brain. Um, you know, if you remember, he left the pitch to go and have a wee and ask permission <laughs> yeah. from the referee. You see? Now, yeah. He didn't get no. sent off that time, did he? Yeah, no, I didn't he? He went and had a dump, didn't he? Dyer and did did, did, yeah, well, did, I don't. Yeah. I, seem, I seem to remember the story being that Mourinho followed him into the toilets to say, "Where the what the hell are you doing? Went, oh! St- storming off? <laughs> storming? It looked like he was storming off in a tantrum." And Mourinho yeah, went yeah, yeah. to tear a strip of him and found him having yeah, a crap. Yeah. And went, uh, yeah. As you were, clever <laughs> <laughs> way um, when you come back out. No, I mean I think that, that one player who is very unlucky not to get a nod for me is Tarkovsky. Is James Tarkovsky of Everton? I mean, and he's a, he's a, a centre back who is getting very good reviews at uh, Everton. I mean, you know, had the had the you know the the uh, single player focus article at the end of uh, match of the day uh, at the weekend, and what he is Tarkovsky is he's a he's a big strong defender who puts out fires. He he blocks more shots than anyone and the, the the clips they showed of him were where other players had been pulled out of position and he came across and wiped the wiped the problem out and he's a very and he's a very good i mean I've, i watched him playing for uh oldham for many years and so a little bit a little bit biased but he's a good uh, the problem with tarkovsky is he's not all that quick but he reads the game really well, and he plays well with. I mean, he was doing. He was uh, pinging crossfield passes for Everton at the weekend. Gray, yeah, yeah, yeah. Out, out to the right, yeah, exactly. And I think, I think a much, a much better, um, and in much better form than yeah. Maguire, than Stones, who's in any way suspended, isn't he, for this? Because he was sent yeah. off against Hungary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Tarkovsky, I mean, he's, you know, he's more in the in the mold of Martin Keown than than Bobby Moore, but um, you know. <laughs> Sometimes well, yeah. we kind of need that. I mean, I, I do find I, I find I find our defenders um, worryingly upright at times. If you yeah. watch Chiellini um, and Benucci to a certain extent, you know, if they have to in its last ditch, they will go to ground. As yeah. does Tarkovsky. And yeah. sometimes I feel I, I feel that it, it's it's considered somehow um, gauche in the <laughs> in the new passing game to yes. you know take man ball and indeed well, much you know, of the pitch. With you know, Tarkovsky can do it. Tarkovsky can bring the ball out. Oh no, no! Uh, in know. the way that uh, in the way that let's say uh, Matip does for Liverpool, you know, brings the yep. ball out from the back and surges into the other half. He just hasn't been doing it for the last couple of years because he's been playing for Burnley and they've been pressed back, and it's not really come out of. In, but the, when he was at Oldham, they used to call him the new Moston Beckenbauer. So you know, they he, 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 who's Moston Beckenbauer? <laughs> yeah, he's Austin Beckenbauer's brother. You know, but um, <laughs> uh, but you know, he can play with the ball. Uh, 
the ball at, at his feet. And um, and I remember seeing his, you know, his first start. I was going to say this to Bob last time. His first start, Tarkovsky for Oldham. He was marking Harry Kane, who was playing for huh? Orient. Huh? <laughs> so you know, they, he's, he's got. I think I, you know, I think he, I think he's the one player that I thought. Well, what about him then? What's what's wrong with Tarkovsky? Because the centre backs have been letting him down, been letting Southgate down. They let in four last time, so look at look at some new defenders. Because wow. these ones, if these ones continue in the way that they're doing, they're not going to. Because Walker looked iffy, didn't he? Against Hungary, Walker looked terribly caught out of position, and because yeah, Walker I, is a man who uses his pace to make up for his own positional errors, yeah. doesn't he? I, I think I think you know the, 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 this. I remember with, with some worry in 2018 when we got to the semi-final, yeah. uh, and they were saying the great thing about this is this team isn't going to be fulfilling its potential until 2022, oh. and then you get to 2022 <laughs> and you think a lot of these look like they may be past it, even though they're like 28, 29, and yeah. you start worrying that he's going to start bringing in, you know, it's sort of panic. I, I can see Andros Townsend going to the World Cup. And Put Ethan Nwaneri as well. Yeah, yes, I was going to say, or Andros Townsend's son. Theo Walcott. Well, you know, I mean, as, as we say, a lot of the, a lot of the players are, are worryingly out of form and just fatigued from yeah. from um, from last season and not having a break. And, you know, Jordan Henderson has just come back into the squad to that, replace yes. Calvin Phillips, played more games than anyone in Europe last year. You know, and just <laughs> and he's he's in his thirties, and you know you can you can drive these people into the ground. I mean, I think that what what is heartening, I think, is that Kane looks in good form yep. um, for Spurs. I think Foden looks in good form for City. I think Bellingham looked really good against City for Dortmund. Yep. Um, Decton Rice is a bit off the boil, but I think he's he's doing okay. I think West Ham aren't doing particularly well. And Jared Bowen hasn't started as well as he played last season. But Mason Mount's had a bad start. Mason Mount well. is struggling and Conor Gallagher, you know, at Chelsea rather than Palace. Raheem Sterling's not really settled in properly, has he, at, uh, at Chelsea? Oh, stop now. Just stop now. Just and, stop you know, it. England's player of the year last year was Calvin Phillips and he's having a shoulder operation and he might be the, he might be the metatarsal yeah. boy this time. Well... There's more Nations League to come, and I want to talk about that actually next uh, next week. If, if yeah. we decide we, we we're still going to carry on doing this, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about Liverpool's uh, Zone Seven. So we we will definitely talk about that next time. And I'd just like to say, you know, in this week of somebody said to me that that, that England players, you know, past and present to a certain extent, yeah. you know, that they're, they're they're like members of the armed forces, and they have a special and had a special bond with Her Majesty, and and I thought uh -huh. that was. Beautifully played out when uh, Ray Parler was seen, uh, you know, um, <laughs> on film, um, uh, downing a cobra bomb as a mark of respect to Her Majesty. Yes. And I, he actually said, this is for you, ma'am, and knocked uh, back a cobra uh, well, beer. We all show respect in different ways, don't we? We do, we do, yeah. don't we? And, and who's I, to say... I, this is how we show our respect for Ray Parler. <laughs> yeah, and who's to say, you know, one way is right and another way indeed is wrong. Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.